Hey everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Mikeadelic. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Brancatelli. How you doing? How you guys doing out there? Everybody okay? Alright, good. Well, we got a great episode for you today. Uh, I'm really, uh, really thrilled. Um, I, I wish I, I every, every time I talk to someone that's interesting, you know, it's like, I wish I had more time to chat. And one of the things I want to do with this podcast is, um, so today's guest is Adrian Earhart. She's a comedian and a cannabis pro. And, uh, we had a great conversation. She's awesome. And, um, yeah, it's like, you know, I do these podcasts over Skype. Um, but it would just be so much better if I was able to travel around and meet with people and just like set up shop in whatever town I'm in, just kind of hang there. Airbnb a, a place and just kind of chill, get to know some people, get to, you know, meet, meet people in the local community, whatever, you know, set up a little podcast meetup or maybe do like a comedy show podcast thing, live podcast recording or Q&A session. I don't know. I'm brainstorming right now, but something like that I, I really want to do because I want to get face to face with people and I want to sit down with them and I want to do podcasts that are like two to three hours long. Um, you know, one of the people that inspired me to start podcasting was definitely Joe Rogan. And I think one of the appeals of his podcast is that, well, one, that it's, it's you know, the guests come in and in person and they get to sit down and, and chat with each other. But the podcast goes on uh, as a conversation for two to three hours, sometimes more. And and it's like sometimes when you pass that, definitely when you pass the hour mark, but de- like you start to get into deeper, deeper conversations, things that you didn't really have planned, things that you, um, that, you know, that just open up and, and, and you get to talk about, you know, the real kind of meat of, of what's going on in, in life and your life and, and just getting to those really interesting moments, I think. So that's something I want to do. And, um. You know, I, I feel like that way a lot, you know, I have an interesting guest on the show and we start talking and, you know, at first it's, um, it's a little strange because it's like, you don't really know me. I don't really know you. And then it's like, I, I Skype the person up and it's like, all right, we're just going to start recording now. And I, I'm not, I don't really consider myself to be like an interviewer per se, or I'd rather not be, uh, an interviewer because I enjoy having conversations with people. And I think that like I said, like a lot more can get out, you know, a lot more thoughts can get out a lot more, uh, a lot, we can get a lot deeper into a wide variety of topics and subjects. If, if we're both kind of allowed to just freely flow, um, and we're sitting down and, you know, comfortable and, you know, something like that. So with that being said, it's like, that's kind of one of the things that I'm trying to work to do on this, on this show. So. Uh, we're going to figure it out. We're going to make it happen. Um, you know, and I appreciate all you guys that support me and listen to this show. You guys are, are everything, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't obviously, I mean, I'd just be a fucking lunatic, you know, talking into a, into nothing, but, uh, but thank you so much for all your support. It means, uh, more than you could ever know to me. I mean, it's just like, it's absolutely incredible. It's really, it's really incredible that anybody would sit down and, and listen to what I have to say and, you know, and, and what the, the guests that I bring on the show have to say. And it's just like, it's really, um, 
because there's just so much out there, you know? So it's, it's really like, I really appreciate you taking the time to choose me and to choose Mike Adelic to, to listen to. And, um, I think one of the things that makes this show really cool is that there's an open communication between me and you guys. So if there's something that you notice, if there's something that needs to be improved, if there's uh, suggestions that, you know, of, of guests or, or whatever, anything really, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess I should kind of put it out there because I mean, maybe not a lot of people really know, but I mean, look, I'm not, you can say anything to me, you know, I, I am not like someone messaged me about, you know, the audio and I was like, Hey, you're right. It, it, I do need to improve the audio. So it's, um, I, I'm open to any suggestion. Nothing is off the table. Any question. I love when I get feedback and I love when I get them iTunes reviews and ratings. Yeah, that's my energy source. That's how I survive. That's how this podcast keeps going. I think we have like 56 or 57 now. And it's just awesome. I mean, it's just really, really awesome. I and mean, there's nothing in the world. I say this a lot, but I mean it. You know, it's like if I do a podcast and, you know, somebody messages me and, and tells me that they really connected with something that I said and it really helped them and it and improved their life. I mean, that's, 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 that's just like, what, what more can you ask for as a human being, you know, to, to help someone else, you know, at the end of the day, it's like one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because, you know, it's like, I've been there. I know what it's like. You know, we all, we're all human beings. We're all going through the same thing. Let's open up, you know, let's take our masks off. Let's, you know, walk into the, the realm of the truth and let's just live there and just see what happens, you know? Let's be honest and open and truthful with each other and not, you know, try and hide things. And, you know, sometimes you offend people. Sometimes people get emotional because you don't have uh, the same opinion as they do or whatever. But, hey, we're going to figure it out. You know, we're going to figure it out. It's all good. Everybody has different experiences. But you can't, you can't figure things out if you don't have an open dialogue and an honest dialogue. And I think the, that's the most important thing, more than anything in life, is to be open, honest, and truthful. I think so many problems in our world could be avoided if people were just truthful, really seriously truthful, you know, and it's, it's, it's not, it's not particularly easy to do, but once you open up and you start being truthful and you start being open and you start being honest and you start walking that path, you'll notice that, you know, little things just start coming your way and, you know, people, people start connecting with you. They start opening up with you you know, doors open up, you know, opportunities open up. So, you know, it's it's very, very important. You know, I mean, I I majored in communication in college and a lot of people said that was kind of a bullshit, easy major. And, you know, to some degree, I mean, it kind of was, I mean, I, I did, I I thought it was pretty, it wasn't particularly like overwhelming or ridiculously challenging, but, you know, definitely intellectually stimulating. But, uh, but a lot of people will just kind of, shrug that off and be like, ah, communications major, whatever, you know, it's not that big a deal. But really, I mean, that's one of the things that we're lacking so much of in, in our world is communication and understanding each other. And so, you know, that's, that's really what I want to do. And, and I want, I want to understand people, you know, I want to, I want to invite people on this show to, to talk with them and have an open, honest conversation to try and understand where, where they're coming from, what they're doing, what they're all about, you know, how they're changing the world and their world in a little way, uh, which I think, you know, th- this guest is definitely doing uh, on today's show. 
and you know really every guest that I that I have on this show. I mean, if I if you're on this show, it's you're on there you're on here for reasons because I want to talk to you. I really want to know what you're about, what's what makes you tick, and and what you're excited and enthusiastic to do, and 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 how you're doing it. And I and I think that uh, I think that if more people you know took that approach, that we'd really we would really see less suffering and less problems. And that's really, that's, that's all that you can really strive for. You know, we're, we're never going to live in a perfect utopia of, you know, people riding naked, you know, on unicorns. I mean, you know, you can have that from time to time, but there's always going to be difficulties. And it's as long as we admit that there's going to be difficulties and we're honest with ourselves and each other, that we can meet halfway and we can have a dialogue and we can understand things a little bit better. And so I think there's, there's, uh, there's something happened. There's something brewing. Definitely, definitely in California and Colorado and Washington and in places where cannabis is legalized. I mean, we're kind of seeing a transformation happen and take place. And it's, it's really exciting to see on, unfold because really the possibilities are, are endless. You know, it's, it's once, you open, once you open up this new understanding about psychedelics, cannabis, um, you know, spirituality, healing, trauma, pain, you know, um, anxiety, depression, you know, coping and coping mechanisms and healing methods and modalities and, and plant medicines and different kinds of, of things. Once you open that up, it's just, we, we've just entered into an infinite world where the possibilities are, are, are breathtaking. You know, and they and they make me feel like euphoric almost, and and like have like a, a sense of chills because it's just like, wow, it's just like there's so much that that ha- is yet to be done, and there's so much that's that's percolating, that's ready to go, and and just the possibilities of the world that we can create is is amazing. It's really it really is amazing, and uh, so yeah, so I think that you know today's guest is a perfect. Uh, exemplar of that you know she's a comedian she's funny as hell she's she writes a she writes a blog and she um is a cannabis pro and she's a psychonaut and um she performs at psychedelic festivals and at at music festivals and she's really um you know we, we just finished recording and uh and i and i just got the impression of her being someone that's really living uh, in her authentic being and and by doing that inspiring others uh to do that as well and doing it all facets that you can you know by by doing it through comedy doing it through um you know level of understanding through through talk through use, use of psychedelics and cannabis so it's really amazing to see i mean it's just amazing to see people out there that are doing that are doing things like that and that are inspiring others and that are creating joy in other people's lives, um, you know, that, that, are, that know the, the, the struggle that goes on within them and then work, you know, to work to balance it out and work to, uh, to harness it and channel it into productive and constructive, creative uh, activities that bring joy uh, to other people and help other people. And... You know, as Ramdas says, it's like, you know, where everybody's, you're all just walking each other home. And it's, it's like, if you've learned something, if you know something, if you've been through something, if you can help someone, you know, there's no better, there's no better feeling than that. 
and uh, and yeah, and that's really uh, all I have to say for the intro. I mean, this was a this was a great conversation. Like I said, I wish I wish it could have gone longer. You know, I definitely did a little. I definitely got a little interviewee at times, but that's only because. Uh, of the time constraints. Otherwise, you know, I definitely would be a little bit more laid back and more conversational. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, if I travel out to LA, maybe I'll get to sit down with, uh, with Adrian again and we can, and we can do this again. Um, and that is, that is really what I'd like to do. So just getting back to that, I mean, it's like, you know, the, the, the vision for the podcast is, is is really I really want to expand this thing and get it out there to as many people as I can but I really want to get out there and I want to meet people and I want to sit face to face with people and I want to have these conversations I want to have really meaningful deep conversations not not just informative conversations where we're you know learning about things but conversations about where where we don't know what's going to happen where it's just it's just kind of a free form free flow dialogue and we don't know where it's going to go. We can go in any which way. And I think those those are some of my favorite conversations to have. Um, and I just want to meet the. I want to meet people that are in this community, that are in this tribe. You'll hear me and Adrian talk about you know the psychedelic science conference and the maps people and the people at the Beckley Foundation and you know all the former guests that I've had on this show. And it's just like I want to get out there. I want to immerse myself into these into these little uh, coves of, of tribes of psychedelic users and, and, and spiritual beings and music enthusiasts and plur advocates and just woke-ass motherfuckers and, you know, all of these people, they're all out there. You guys are all out there. I want to come to a town near you. I want to meet you. I want to sit down with you. I want to talk with you. I want to hear your stories. I want to understand you. And I want to bring this podcast to a whole nother level and we're going to, we're going to do it. And, you know, I don't know exactly how yet. I haven't figured it all out, but I know that the more that you like and share this show, the more that you leave iTunes ratings and reviews, the more that you donate uh, to my cause on Patreon, uh, the more likely that that dream becomes a reality. So um, you know, if you're a fan of this show, if you like this show, please, you know, just do what I always tell you to do and, uh, and just leave me a nice iTunes rating and review that, uh, really helps the show. It helps the, the iTunes algorithm, you know, pushes the show up in the, in the charts and that's, you know, gives it more visibility, more people, you know, searching for psychedelics or podcasts with comedians or, um, you know, meditation or whatever they're searching for they'll find mycadelic they'll check it out they'll give it a listen so just do that and you know tell your friends uh like share subscribe and if you can if you want to go the extra mile you don't have to but i have a patreon it's uh mike brank um or it's patreon.com slash mike brank and you can go there and you can donate as little as a dollar if everybody that listened to this podcast donated a dollar a month which is like three cents a day and like twelve dollars a year um and of course you can donate more but if it was just a dollar if everyone just donated a dollar a month or two dollars a month i mean that that would be you know that'd be pretty good we'd be we'd be we'd be pretty damn solid now obviously not everyone's going to do it but you do what you can, you know, you do what you can. I never want to have advertisers on this show 
unless they're someone that I really truly believe in. Um, I I just want this show to be uh, everything that I want it to be and everything that you guys want it to be. And and what you guys, you know, what you guys aren't expecting it to be, and then and then you know just blow your mind because that's those are the podcasts that I always like is when I discover something that I didn't necessarily know about and it, and it just blew my mind and I'm like, all right, cool. I can't wait to get my mind blown repeatedly on a weekly basis. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce this guest. You guys are going to love her. She is comedian, writer, cannabis pro, Adrian Earhart. I hope you guys enjoy. Peace. Psychedelics are illegal, not because... A loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Median writer, cannabis pro. Well, good to good to talk to you. I uh, I think I was actually supposed to do a show of yours once because when I went to go message you in Facebook, there was like a message there from like two years ago, and I was like, oh, sorry, I can't make this show. I have to go to the airport or something like that. And uh, anyway, what? Yeah, yeah. You um, I remember you had do you, you a buddy of mine is uh, Mookie Thompson. Do you know does that name ring a bell? Yes, yes, I know Mookie. Yeah, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. So. He was on, it was me and him were going to do your show, but I had to get to the airport and I was somewhere like really far away and my flight was leaving and I, I didn't know LA. Still don't know LA. I've been there a lot, but it still confuses me with like the time traveling distance and whatnot to places. <laughs> I, I love, do you, do you, on like a scale of one to 10, do you love LA or like? Yeah, I'm like a solid nine. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I really, I'm, I'm trying to move out of New York because uh, I'm just kind of over over it. I've been living in New York City for like eight years. Every time I go to LA, I always have such a good time. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, I'm going to move out here. I'm, I'm going to do it. And then I just don't. But I think I'm really I think I'm really going to. I'm going to make a move to a pot-friendly place. And that's what we're going to talk about today because you're a cannabis pro. And this, yep. on this show, we talk about psychedelics a lot. But we I hardly ever have a guest on that's like cannabis pro and so I was like I was on Facebook one day and I saw this video pop up and it was you and another girl who and you were talking about like CBD you were doing like a presentation kind of thing whatever it was it looked really cool because you were like at like a storefront uh, kind of thing kind of venue it was, mm-hmm. it, was sh- it was shot really nice and I and I stopped by and I was watching it and I'm like that this is really cool this is very informative I like what I'm seeing here and then I remembered, I was like, I think I saw you, you were at the MAPS Psychedelic Science Conference, right? 
Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I know, I like, I know this girl from somewhere. So I put, I don't know. I just made the connection. I'm like, all right. So she's, <laughs> she, I'm like, she's doing something and I got to talk to her. Cause this is obviously you're doing something right. You're, you're uh, I'm doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, people lied to us. They always said, they said drugs would, uh, would lead to uh, nothing, but they have led to a lot. Yeah. Haven't they? Yes, they have. They whole changed new, my life. Whole new worlds. So how did they train, change your life? How did that how did that start for you? I mean, I guess you, you would start with cannabis is the one, and it uh, just gave me that sense of solidarity that I did not feel with other human beings and made me like, a, not that I'm a cool person, but made me a much cooler person than I was. I was pretty high strung. And I think it's responsible for me having any friends at all and, and keeping friends and keeping my relationship. That's I, that's what I attribute it to. The other drugs, they came and they helped me do like you know the deeper stuff, the deeper psychological issues for which I did not want to take pharmaceuticals anymore. And uh, it's just an ongoing process, though. It's every every week, pretty much, you got to do something else to keep yourself healing all the time because you can revert. Oh, yeah. I know. My middle name is revert. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big reverter, you know. I'm try. I try not to revert, but uh, but yeah, you're right. It's tough. You gotta you gotta stay on it, do the work, and stay balanced. So when when you first started um, smoking cannabis, by the way, when I was growing up, we called it smoking weed. But yeah. I get I I guess uh, the proper term I think is uh, cannabis. I was talking to this girl at a uh, at a conference recently, and she was like, she was telling me that this is the name that we should be using because it's the most kind of like respectable name that doesn't come with any stigma or there's no like pejorative around it. So that that's 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 what we're going to use for this podcast, right? Yes. All right, cool. So uh, when did you start smoking cannabis? I was 17, my senior year of high school, um, and it was my buddy who's still my best friend to this day, and he's a lawyer now in your state. And he, um, he was like, Hey, you're a high strung Jew. I'm a high strung Jew. This helped me. It'll probably help you. Hey, that rhymed. That was cute. And, uh, I know I didn't even mean for that to happen. And he took me out and, uh, in his car and we just smoked weed in his car for the first time. And I was just like, like all the, like this cacophony of sounds that goes through my head. It was like Jumanji sounds all the time in my head. Just like <laughs> Jumanji. Just shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it all just like stopped and it shut the fuck up. And then he took me to hang out with some people. And like I had like little bits of friends and I was a dancer. So I always had dance friends, but I didn't have like friends really at school. And this is, I'm talking senior year. I was big time geek loser. Mm. And I, he take me to parties and stuff. And like people were vibing with me and liking me. And I was like, damn, I just, I guess I just got to have cannabis if i want to be liked and i've tried to go without it and when i go without it people don't really like me hmm. yeah uh so w- was that like when you when you when you started smoking like when that first time when you got in the when you got in the car and you and you lit up was there any like did you have any fear or, like hesitation or like were you worried because i know like me and you are probably about the same age like we grew up with like the dare program and it's like if you yep. take drugs you're going to jump off the roof and kill yourself and you're going to go crazy and you know so like was that any was you, were you worried about that at all like were you, did you have any of those hesitations oh, yeah, yeah. big time i mean i won the dare essay contest when i was you know in a jit <laughs> so I was about it. What did you write it on? Do you remember? 
mostly cigarettes and how okay. awful they were. Yeah. I'm still very, very anti-cigarette. Yeah. And um, like I won't fuck with people who smoke cigarettes. Put it that way. Yeah. And um, but it was like you know all the all the drugs and and cannabis was a part of that. But my mom is and was a hippie and she never spoke disparagingly about it. The only time she ever got weird about it is when I was letting it derail my life, which that's a whole nother topic, but it can if you mm-hmm. let it. And uh, so I was like, I wasn't afraid. Did I tell her right then that I was going to do it? No, but just because I just wanted to be a cool teenager. And yeah, so the I, I, only thing I was afraid of was that I would act a fool. And my friend assured me like, that does that you know that's probably not going to happen. Here's how people behave. Some people are like this. Some people eat. Some people fall asleep. Like he was just going through it with me. And then evidently, I'm the kind of person I write my own Broadway show tunes and get everyone to sing with me. So it's like the it's like the best kind. Yeah, I always felt like really super creative when I smoked weed. Like the first mm-hmm. time I when I smoked cannabis. Excuse me. Uh, when the first time I did, and. I don't know. It was. I, I guess I just entertained my the friends I was with, and I guess, um, like they, I, I guess feel like everybody kind of got a little bit more like that. But yeah, everybody has a different way of of behaving. I always felt um, a little self conscious. Like I was like, am I being like too crazy and weird right now? Like you know, I, I had a tendency to get like Robin Williams in the seventies when when I smoked weed sometimes <laughs> in, in, back in back in the day. But um, yeah, I never really. I was never all that fear kind of washed away as soon as I did it for the first time. And it was like, Oh wow. I guess everyone's just been kind of like lying to us or something. But you, you were saying that there, that of course, I mean, I guess, you know, I know from experience too, that you definitely can abuse it. I mean, you could abuse anything. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah. What, what was, what was that like for you? Was that like just smoking all day or just what, what kind of ways were you abusing it? Um, I mean, differently throughout different parts of my life. I, I'm a depressive person, like chemically or whatever from, from having OCDs. So I was on pharmaceuticals and some of them made me tired already. So smoking weed just kind of like narked me out. Um, I remember the first time I missed a ballet class because I got high and just, I wasn't even like fully asleep. I just zoned out. And I remember thinking like, Oh, Whoa, that's, I don't like that. And, uh, and like, sad parts of my life where like, I don't know, a breakup or whatever, I would be like waking and baking and then struggling to get through class or, or to concentrate at work and then just feeling really bad about it after. And I just finally had to like, look at myself. I think I was like 24 the last time I let it like really affect my life negatively. And, and then I was dating somebody who didn't allow me to smoke cannabis for a long time. So I didn't even know who, who I was as a cannabis user. And then once I picked it back up again, I was cautious and I was I was like, let me not let this, you know, derail me. If I have to do math or something, I, I, I can't smoke weed. Some people can. A lot of people can. I can't. Uh, I can't do math. Can I speak languages on weed? Yeah, especially because it lowers your inhibitions. So, I don't know. Every, everyone's different in that regard, but it, it doesn't derail me anymore. But it definitely made me say no to things and miss things and like cancel plans at the last minute because of how I currently felt, and that's I, that's unacceptable. Yeah, kind of using it as as a crutch. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, I can't do math sober, you know. So forget about <laughs> it. I mean, it's it's the worst. Um, 
Yeah, there was always this kind of like I think I don't know what it was. I guess when I when I started smoking cannabis with my friends, like we definitely did like, you know, we kind of cut out of school. There was a kind of like a yeah, we're like being badass right now because it's illegal and because people are telling us not to do it. I kind of wonder how how it is now with with the mainstream because I don't know. I mean, uh, do you talk to many high schoolers? I mean, I don't I don't, so I don't really know how it is, but I would assume that it would be a little bit better maybe that people would be educated and, and things that you're doing are, are definitely helping to, to do that. So, you know, that video that you made where you were talking about the different varieties and CBDs. So how often do you do, uh, things like that, where you're kind of explaining the, uh, the, the, you know, breaking down, like what, what this whole thing is all about, what this wonderful plant Um is all about. Pretty frequently. I mean, I'm hired as a freelance writer frequently, which is, I don't really like to do that. I don't like to write about cannabis just because it's an ever-changing market and uh, it's it's harder to talk about it in text. I like to talk about it out loud. So the videos, I do those videos by like every two weeks or so. And, and then there's events that I go to where I either speak or I'm just having conversations with people about these things. There's a lot of cannabis events in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. I'm there a lot. Uh, I'm there not really representing anyone but myself as a cannabis professional. And, and the reason I put that like in my title and on my business card is so that men in the industry, specifically men in the industry, will just go ahead and let me um, talk to me like I know what I'm talking about up front and not, not try to explain to me what terpenes are or explain to me what CBD is. So that's really why I use that title. Uh, I'm not like a scientist who's splicing shit in a lab, you know, but it's uh, it's an educated level of speaking that all of us cannabis professionals use, and I do it all the time. People message me daily uh, asking me questions about cannabis, and I have to be very, very educated and, and stay at the top of my game to give them the answers that they're looking for, and and then some. Like People just message me, what kind of vape should I get? And I'm like, oh my God, we have such a discussion here. You want to do dry herb or concentrate? How do you want to feel after? Are you trying to function? Is it for pain? Is it for nausea? Is it for, you know, There's so many different aspects to it. So even a simple conversation with a with a buddy just asking me a question turns into a conversation about cannabis. So I guess to answer the, your question, I would say I, I do that pretty much every day about cannabis. Cool. Yeah. So and do, do you do like uh, cannabis like consulting, like like one on one cannabis training or something like that? I mean that that sounds kind of cool. No, just because I'm I'm in the the flooded market of Los Angeles where. Oh right. Yeah. I feel like it's not, if I were a lawyer who was a cannabis consultant, that's one thing, or like, uh, had invented a new product and I had to explain it using science kind of thing. But like pretty much anyone who's like a bud tender up knows, like can hang in a conversation about cannabis. I'm, I'm more than a bud tender now at this point, but that's, uh, yeah, like everyone's pretty woke here. And if you're talking to someone who doesn't know about the cannabis industry, they they know so little that you can't talk to them like on the same page at all. It's like academia. Professors, 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 professors to each other and they can speak to students, but you can't speak to like a high schooler. Like it's, yeah, it's just different. Yeah, I, I would consider myself to be outside of that because, you know, here in New York, it's pretty much illegal. I mean, you know, we have delivery service, services. They're okay. They're pretty, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty good. Um but they de- they definitely don't have the the depth and breadth of of products and you know edibles and tinctures and shatter and just all this interesting stuff that I actually don't really know too much about. Um, 
but am very, very interested in learning about. So I guess like, you know, and for other people that are listening, like what is a bud tender? I mean, obviously, I mean, we could probably all guess, right? Like a, a weed bartender. So what, how does that, yep. where does that go down? Like, how does that happen at a store? So, or? Yep. Storefront. Every, every dispensary has bud tenders. So that's the person that'll greet you. And like, even the person checking you in at the front is typically also a bud tender and can answer some questions, although they like to get you in the bud room to talk about, you know, cannabis. Um, and then they're all informed enough to let you know, like how the different strains will make you feel and, um, how, how to use a vape. If you buy a vape there, especially they'll, they'll show you how to use it. But even if you don't know how to use whatever equipment you've been given or have bought in the past, they'll let you know how to fill it, how to use it, what you should be using with it, which companies are testing their products, which is like a big thing in the industry. Now that the whole thing is now is who can stay the most educated with the cleanest stuff that will get you high for like using less of it. So that's what concentrates are all about. And the cleaner the concentrate, the better. A lot of solvents, a lot of waxes and stuff are made with butane, which is pretty dangerous for you. So if it's not extracted properly, it can make you sick and give you, you know, uh, respiratory diseases and things like that. And uh, a lot of people don't understand how concentrated it is. And they'll get excited that they have a vape pen that they can carry around now. And they'll take like 10 hits, just like you would on a joint. And then they're blitzed. They're like, that's a day ender. You can't, you can't even <laughs> hardly fucking sit up, you know? And then you're seeing ghosts and then you're scared off of weed or whatever. So it's a, really the responsibility of a bud tender to inform every person over and over again. You can always take more, you can't take less. So if they're selling edibles, you should really start with 10 milligrams. You really should not just because Maybe you're a heavy person, an overweight person. That does not mean that your liver metabolizes weed differently, you know, than someone who's taking 10 milligrams. Like you, you really need to be uh, educated from a ground level up, and that's the job of a bud tender. There, there are obviously shitty ones, and there are obviously people who have minimal knowledge about cannabis and got hired because they were attractive or because they're the buddy's nephew or something like that. But for the most part, the better dispensaries, the pre-ICO dispensaries, the ones that are following all the laws in California, those are going to be educated people who can let you know about every way of consuming cannabis and the and the safest and most efficient way to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing when I go to LA, when I go to Colorado, just different places where weed is legal, uh, where cannabis, geez, I gotta, I gotta keep uh, stopping myself from saying weed. Yeah. You know, I was just like, that was just a big, like when I thought I was really cool and tough in high school and, and Dr. Dre was, uh, was, was popping off. There was that smoke weed every day. So that was like our, yep. like I'd see my friend in class. I'd be like, smoke weed every day. All right. Um, we're cool. But, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just like, it's amazing. It's like, wow, we could just walk into a store like a bunch of human beings and talk to a bunch of people like professionals. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's incredibly amazing. And it's just like, these laws got to change. It's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. And, and you, like you were saying, when, when something's like regulated and, and, and done in the proper way, you have like the highest quality, you don't have to worry about stuff being impure or, you know, just made with other kinds of chemicals and stuff that you don't want to put in your body. So that's a, that's a huge benefit right there. Um, are, is there is there like what is like the culture like now in in California? I guess compared to maybe like five years ago, have you seen it like really increase in terms of of people's knowledge and and everything? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Drastically, like the people that are smoking weed, you can't identify on the street anymore. It's everybody. It's old people. It's yoga chicks. It's moms. It's teachers. It's it's kids with dreads. Still, it's hippies. It's vegans. It's like. 
uh, tons of comedians, obviously it's everybody. And it's, it's infiltrating every part of their life. People are having cannabis infused meals. They're having dinner parties. They're having it either hosted by, you know, a chef who cooks it for you, or they're making their own fucking butter and infusing their own stuff. There's Thanksgiving. People are making Thanksgiving foods with it, which I really, it makes me nervous because it's so very easy to overdose people. And then you have just sleepy ass motherfuckers who are seeing ghosts all over your house. So I'm really not like into that, but like, you you know, you'll go to like a, a party at someone's house and they've got, you know, cool music playing and they've got wine and then they've got little Kiva blueberry bites, which are five milligram, you know, tiny, tiny amounts of cannabis infused little chocolate bites. And that, you know, they hand out one to everybody very responsibly because everybody who's had edibles, who's had too many edibles knows about what, what that feels like. And it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Has that happened to you? It's everywhere. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. And people that lie, people, I, I once bought a caramel from a dispensary that had it labeled as like a, a 10 milligram and that shit was 30 and it, I had a real bad night and I came in and I, I scolded them and they changed all their labeling afterwards because that was oh, pretty fucking awful. They were trying to tell me, no, 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 it's 10, it's 10. I was like, I know what 10 is. I have 10 all the time. Either that's an inconsistent company and you should change your product or you guys mislabeled because that's what sometimes they send you like a pack of 50 and if you don't label them all yourself and you forget which jar is which, you know, I mean, it's potheads. At the end of the day, it's potheads running this business. So you got to make it as foolproof as possible. The better the packaging, the better it is when you send it, the less likely people are going to have a problem. But fucking everybody's doing it. Everybody's vaping. Everyone's got a pre-filled cartridge or a 510 thread with a, you know, with a cartridge on the top of it. Everyone's vaping after shows in the movie theaters. And like it dissipates pretty quickly, but there's a lingering scent. You can smell it, you know. It's not like Amsterdam. It's not a fog of cannabis everywhere, but yeah, it's everywhere. It's, it's it's pervasive. Is the word I would use. Yeah, well, I mean, it just I've, I mean, like in the movie theater, like recently, I went to go see Spider Man. You know, me and my friends had the vapes in the theater, and it was just it was great. I mean, it was so much better than having to like smoke a joint before rush, kind of you know, get in there, and then the high kind of mm-hmm. dissipates. So yeah, it's just it's just it's just way way better. Um, what are what are some cool uh, kinds of vapes and, and, and things that are, that you're seeing now, are there, are there like advancements in vape technology? That's, I remember the first vape pen that I had, I, I don't even know if it would be classified as a vape pen. It was called a micro G and it was like, mm-hmm. uh, you would put the, load it up with the oil. I had to like manually put the oil in, but now you can get them with the cartridges. They're preloaded. Um, what's, what's the difference between like the dry and the, and the oils? So a dryer vape is going to have a little convection oven, usually stainless steel. And and that just means that the heating element doesn't touch the product directly. So like you, you put the concentrates, you put directly on the coil and melt it. With dry herb, you need um, that stainless steel in between so that it's cooking around it and, and baking it like isn't in an oven, as opposed to melting it directly because you can't melt dry herbs. So you're going to grind your weed up and put it in this chamber. They're usually about like a half gram. My favorite one is the Cloud V Phantom. That's one of the best dryer vaporizers on the market. And they have three different temperature settings. So like the lower temperature setting is going to give you the most flavor, the most terpene flavor. If you don't know terpenes, we can talk about that in a bit. So it's going to give you the most flavor from the marijuana, but less uh, of a big cloud. And then in the middle is Goldilocks where I like to hang out. And then the hottest temperature is going to, it's like, I think in the 470s uh, Fahrenheit, and it's going to give you a big old cloud. 
Um, and it's still good taste, but not as much. And then it burns out a little quicker. So you, mm. it lasts longer if you keep it on the lower temperature setting. But like, honestly, it's dudes and they like want to blow out a big ass cloud. So they <laughs> always burn it out, you know? So when I'm vaping with people that are dudes, I know that when they hand me the vape, I'm going to have to knock it down to the lower temperature setting because I prefer better taste and, and less of a cloud going out. Cause it's, it's disconcerting the first time, especially if you're a, a joint smoker and you're used to, you know, blowing out a big puff of smoke and then you get a vape and you're like, did I get anything? And then you hit it 20 times and you're like, Oh my God, I need an ambulance, which you don't need, <laughs> but that's what it feels like. So that's what the dry herb game is doing right now. Concentrates like you, the micro G, which is a garbage pen, but like the same idea where you have a ceramic chamber with coils, you drop concentrates like uh, wax, shatter, crumble, butter, uh, oil, any of those that you can use, anything that melts, any fully melting uh, cannabis infused product is going to go well on there, including CBD. They have CBD oil that will melt in there as well. And that's working fine. The thing is people who don't dab uh, on a regular basis don't like the mess that it, it, it involves. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite messy. And yeah. and dosing themselves is annoying. And then you have a chamber, you know, ceramic, it burns off almost completely, but you do have a residue of whatever was in there last. So you can't really change it out. Whereas the 510 thread, which is basically just like, it looks like a little pen. Sometimes it has a button. Sometimes it doesn't. You don't really need the button. Um, you just screw on those pre-filled cartridges. The thing with the cartridges, though, is you got to watch what company you're getting it from. Because if you're going through these often, you want the lowest price possible. But if you get the lower price ones, those ones are like, you know, those are the ones that are cut with butane. And they're and they got like mite shit in them and stuff. These, when they're tested in a lab... It's no good. And they're telling you these high percentages. But what they mean is, you know, they say, oh, this cartridge is 70%. What they mean is the the concentrate was 70% and then they diluted it with coconut oil or, or gl- vegetable glycerin or something to spread it out and make it more viscous so it'll melt in these chambers. And then you lose weight. You're down in the 40, 50s now with with uh, potency. But then these com- these other companies like uh, Soul Selects is a good one. Uh, they're they're making their shit so clean, and they're re-adding terpenes back in at the end of it that you really are getting seventy to ninety percent potency. And then you know you've bought this expensive cartridge, whereas you used to you know sp- spending like you know twenty five to forty five. Now you're spending sixty five. And it takes two hits and you're fucking faded. So it's just, you got to just stay educated with these companies and their testing policies. And there's only a couple of companies who are testing marijuana, but you definitely want to go on those websites like SC Labs is the big one and look at who they're actually saying like, okay, yeah, these people test their shit. It's clean. It's potent. It's the strain that they say because they just because it says granddaddy purple doesn't mean it's a true indica that's going to give you that body relaxation. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it's it's so important to have that. I mean, because we we definitely don't have that here. It's it's hard to it's hard to really tell, you know, what what yeah. we're getting. I mean, I I get from a pretty good service, but still, it's it's not. Uh, I, I I really don't know. You know, I got some uh, ghost OG in my pocket. <laughs> oh, that's actually funny because you were you were saying you were seeing ghosts or something. You you mentioned ghosts a couple yep. times. So wait, did you eat too much edibles once and see? ghosts or something what's with the ghost references more, more more than once yeah way more than once and and it's ghosts yeah for sure and like yeah. a, da- a a really heavy dab will make me see or just feel like that feeling of like a light flicker or like a headlight passing you think it's someone trying to kill you i think of that as as ghosts too just stuff like stalking you Par- the paranoia is just yeah so intense yeah, definitely. The paranoia ratchets up a lot. Yeah. I, I feel I always, if I ever, whenever I eat too many uh, edibles, I definitely feel like someone's coming to murder me for some reason. <laughs> like, but oh, yeah. What, um, <laughs> 
What uh what is your favorite thing to do uh when you smoke? Clean. No. Really? Yeah, yeah, I have a problem. So and you what, smoke a nice sativa and clean the house? Clean and organize. Yeah, I like to, you know, I like clear surfaces. I'm a, min- a minimalist and I'm married to a not minimalist. So I'm constantly, you know, putting things away and cleaning and stuff. I also like to obviously write jokes and yeah. run bits on people. That's that's our favorite thing to do is it, we're a house a household of creatives. Nice. And um sometimes dance. It depends on you know, I honestly I use cannabis frequently as a way to come down. Like if I'm geeking at a rave on Molly or Acid or, you know, even mushrooms, I use like a strong indica to help me kind of mellow out. A lot of people use ketamine as a drug to mellow out and I don't, I don't snort things up my nose. It was a very expensive nose, so I don't do that. So I just use <laughs> heavy, heavy indica to, uh, to come down. I've been using these pre-filled, oh, that's the vape I forgot about, pre-filled, um, not just cartridges you screw on a 510 thread, but it's actually a pen that is in and of itself disposable and filled with uh with pre-filled solution in there. Dom Pen is the one D O M Dom. They're fucking killing it right now. Humble, it's this little white pen that's pre-filled. You take a six second hit, it vibrates to let you know that like you're you're done, your hit is done. You've taken like two point two five milligrams of cannabis, which you should take only two hits of that. So those are like the hottest vapes right now are wow. the ones that are already already have medicine in them. They're a little more pricey, but they last for like a minimum of a hundred hits. They look like little, like the original e-cigs, those little skinny ones that are like a little shorter than a pen, but as skinny. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking dope. I'm always happy when I have one of those in my pocket. And then it's easy to wipe the tip when you, if you're sharing it, which you should at a rave. You know, what kind of asshole doesn't share their cannabis pen? And huh. um, Yeah. Yeah, especially at yeah. a rave. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. not sharing. What, uh, what uh, have you been to any uh, raves recently? Um, my most recent rave would probably be, I did, I do comedy shows with raves. There's a lot of that going on in LA. Really? And I guess that was my last one. A big fire festival. Yeah. Oh, cool. What, um, so they have like music performers and stuff and then they have like a little comedy section. Yep. Yes, they do. And that sometimes it's awesome. awesome. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, uh, you're just like, Oh God, these people are geeking too hard but then a lot of the times they're like there for it you know because like that's the best thing about psychedelics you're not drunk there's hardly ever any alcohol at these events Mm -hmm. you're not drunk so you're not like you know struggling to pay attention or whatever you're enthralled and you're engaged and 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 words have meaning unless you know sometimes if i take too much acid i can't speak english for a while but typically your audience is like enchanted by you know the performance and and super into it and a lot of times the comedy comes before you take the drugs um but then sometimes it doesn't it's always fun it's always a good time and i hope that there are more and more and more like that because it is so amazing yeah that sounds really cool i I, like um i feel like almost strange like doing comedy in new york and i actually have stopped i I haven't been on stage in in a while i don't do stand-up anymore but i i just i became kind of just really fascinated with this whole world of psychedelics and podcasting and just doing doing this so i'm just like this is this sounds like it's it's more interesting i don't know but but with comedy you're right it's like it's tricky when you when you set it up in these in these certain kinds of situations where there's like there's raving going on there's people partying there's people on psychedelics 
So it's really like you have to kind of get it right. I, and I don't know. I, I guess the vibe in California is definitely different. In New York, it's all a bunch of like cynical, grumpy comedians that, that are just like <laughs> going from like Brooklyn bar shows to like clubs in, in the city and then just kind of like whatever. I mean, there's a, there's a good hang scene, but it's mostly just like alcohol, you know, people drinking and stuff. There's not much of a there's not there's not like a big kind of like psychedelic enthusiast kind of rave community. Um, yet, yet, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm hoping that it, that it comes soon. Uh, as soon as they stop throwing people in jail in New York for fucking marijuana, then the psychedelics will come and people will be more open about it. But people, you never know who's a narc. And there's like, I feel like I lived in New York for a while when I was a dancer. I feel like there's this aura of suspicion that surrounds the city because, and, and before nine 11 even too. Yeah. Cause it's just, you just never know who could be, you know, trying to fuck you out of something or, spying on you or whatever and like i get it it's there and it's undercover cops everywhere it legit the city is infiltrated with them and it sucks and jeff sessions is not going to be the thing to take us into that into the future so i I feel for you guys i really do he's definitely a thing that we need to get rid of and throw him in a garbage and dump him somewhere what a what a like there's he's like progress yeah, he 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 might as well just be thinking the earth is flat the way that he thinks about things it's like so regressive and backwards it's like it's yeah. it's insane, but uh, but yeah, it's just but 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 I love the connection of comedy and psychedelics because like I mean I've had so many times where I've taken psychedelics and just laughed my ass off, had the best time in my life, but for some reason I I don't know that it it, it never really connected with me from like stage to 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 non stage. So how how do you how do you make that connection? Do you make that connection or is it like I mean what is that what's that like for you? Are you asking if I talk about psychedelics on stage? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, not just like talking yeah. about them, but I guess how how it kind of influences your comedy, and you know, do you do you ever do them while you're on stage? You know, just kind of that that sort of thing. Um, I think I've microdosed acid one time and then gone on stage, but it was like several hours later, so I had that really happy at peace feeling, but I I wasn't like out of my head or anything like that so typically i respect the stage i typically don't do anything prior to performing even cannabis to be honest with you i don't want to forget my jokes and i don't want the audience to have a less than stellar performance from me so try to avoid that Uh, i'm a responsible drug user if you will but it's definitely changed me like molecularly as a person and that you know it's a seamless transition for me from life to stage i am the same person i don't do like a voice or a character or like a persona, if you will. Not that that's a negative thing, but like a lot, a lot of people do that. A lot of people to combat their stage fright, they'll hide behind this, this stage character person. That's not what I do. I am me all the time, 24 seven. Um, it's exhausting for the people in my life. I know. Do you think but, that, but do you think that psychedelics helped you do that? Like, or, or cannabis? Uh, do you think that that helped you kind of just be like that? Uh, Hard to say because I started doing them so young at 17. Like my first time I got on stage, I was 27 and I didn't have any stage fright. But I think that's because I was a dancer for so long that like I was like, oh, I'm not being judged on my body. Just what words I'm saying. This is so much easier. <laughs> but I never I've never had stage fright or anything like that. And I've been like a public speaker for a really long time. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know that that had anything to do with it per se. But cannabis keeps me. It's the after that you have to worry about. It's the networking and hanging out with other comics and being able to get along with other people and handle like if you have a bad set or something then then the cannabis kicks in but i don't think it like made me 
who I am necessarily on stage, but the psychedelics are definitely changing me right now. Like in the last two years, my act has changed dramatically as I increased the use of psychedelics. I'm like happier and more at peace and nobody like hugs me after shows anymore. Cause I'm not as dark as I used to be. So it's, um, like, I can't wait to see what I'm like in another year. This is, wow, it's been a really, really happy experience. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, re- that's really exciting. That sounds like, sounds like you're onto something. Yeah. I mean, um, yes. <laughs> so what, what, uh, what, what was it like being at the psychedelic science conference? Because that was like, I think one of the largest psychedelic conferences ever. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. So, and, and you perform there? Yes, I did. Excellent. Um, it was intense. There was a lot of, uh, like, do you know the smell of sandalwood? Mm, uh, maybe. Like, if you've ever been in, like, like, if you live in New York, if you go to the West Village and you're, like, in those little tarot shops, those little hippie shops, they all have, like, that same kind of smell. Mm-hmm. That's, like, what a lot of people who do psychedelics smell like. So there was a <laughs> lot of that happening. And there's like, So there's a lot of hippies. There's a lot of people with dreadlocks. I thought that was uh, a lot patchouli. Isn't that, like, patchouli or something? But Julie is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know so I know. About. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You're like, ah, uh, someone. I, I, the chances of me scoring LSD just increased. I smell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like, I feel like it's a it it, go, it coincides with a feeling of like support and kindness. Like if you smell that smell, I I feel safe typically. Yeah. Also, my my ayahuasca tent. They they burn sandalwood and stuff in the ayahuasca tent. So it always reminds me of like a very safe. Uh, you know, experience. So I, I felt very safe there. And it, it was comforting to see, first of all, how many females there are in the community and how accepted yeah. they are. And, um, you know, the hippies are there in full force, young hippies, old hippies, especially a lot of older people, a lot of people who are like OG psychedelic users. And they like look, first of all, they look like 10 to 15 years younger than they are and are so sharp and erudite and eloquent and you're just like wow this is what not alcohol <laughs> will do to you if you're yeah. like an acid user or a mushroom user these are people who are humbled who have like faced themselves and gone to hell and back again and are like so accepting of other people and so open minded and it is such a wonderful community of people it's it's a uh, it makes me think like yes, these are my people. Like, these are the people I'm supposed to be with, you know, forever. And like it, it, me, even five years ago, I might've like made fun of them and been like, wow, look at the dreadlocks on that guy. Or is she really wearing all that linen? But like, it's just, they're just awesome. And then you, and then you have the suits. There's like hella dudes in like business suits who are, are making, you know, products to go along with, with the drug industry and, and are like the leaders in, you know, trying to get it descheduled and, and actually marketing MDMA as a prescription drug in the future. And there's psychiatrists who implement these drugs to, you know, you know, for treatment that they've moved on. MAPS has moved on from trying out uh, therapy with MDMA and they are now training the next generation of psychiatrists to implement these same practices. So this is like, this is tried and true now. They are working in conjunction with the DEA and they're officially the Midhuffers are the two psychiatrists who are leading this forefront. And like, PTSD Vietnam vets are, you know, walking away from this treatment and anytime a car backfires, they're not hiding under a table anymore. Like this is changing people's lives uh, down to the core of their being. And it's such a wonderful, vibrant community. And there's a lot of young people involved too. There's a lot of people who don't really know what kind of drug user they are yet. They just know that they wanted help that wasn't pharmaceuticals or, you know, 
weird therapy that doesn't necessarily help. And it's, it was fucking awesome. The comedy was amazing. Duncan Trussell is as humbling as it gets as far as watching a performer. Shane Moss, uh, I've seen him do his good trip tour. Fucking incredible. If he does it again, you should definitely go out and try to see that. Um, yeah, I just had him on Adam the show. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Adam yeah. Strauss is doing his mushroom cure, um, which is phenomenal as well. Oh, and, you saw you know, that? Yeah. He, I really no, want to no, see I that. Yeah. I didn't get to see that. Oh, I was okay. up there so briefly, but I saw him do, you know, bits about the mushroom stuff and he's got OCD like I do. So I was really, really related to him, really loved talking to these dudes. And it was, like I said, so humbling. I'm newer to doing psychedelics on stage. So I felt in comparison that I was a garbage human, but <laughs> like my people, People tell me I did a good job, whatever. I, I'm never going to feel that way. First, first of all, like ever about any performance ever, but definitely not that one. That was so, it was so important and it was such a uh, life changing event that, but like Rick Doblin came up after me, the the CEO of maps yeah. and uh, you know, c- called back one of my bits and it was like the highlight of my life. So oh, I'm really awesome. happy about that. And like more sure than ever that this is the path that I must take regardless of how many corporate gigs I'll miss out on because I'm publicly a psychonaut, a psychonaut, a psychedelic user. Um, I, I, it's so worth it. Cause these are, these are my fucking crew for life. And I, you probably feel that way too. If you came to that event. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your tribe. It's like, it's like discovering your, your, your tribe of people, your community, your, your homies, the people that you want, that, that they, everybody gets you and everyone's pretty much supportive and you know like you said you were saying something i thought was interesting you're like yeah five years ago i probably would have made fun of those people and it's like yeah totally because it's that comedian mind of just kind of like well what is that what is that guy wearing birkenstocks and those dreads like get out of here with linen like what are you wearing a bed sheet you know but uh but yeah it's like once you kind of open up and and maybe you know you have these experiences and you meet these people and and you find out what's going on it's like there's a whole new world out there. I mean, it's really, I think what we're seeing right now is like what's happening is there's secretly like a new world being built and it's, and it's slowly kind of like ratcheting up like every year. It just keeps like intensifying, like more people are starting podcasts, like more people are writing things. Like it seems like almost every day I see new articles about like, (laughs) it's always funny when I see these articles too. It's like, like LSD can help with depression. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like anybody, <laughs> anybody that's taken it, like could tell you that like firsthand. But now it's like, of, of course we have to validate it with like science and, and reason for all the, you know, normies out there that don't understand anything and are afraid of everything and want to lock people up for, for, you know, making choices with their own body, you know? Uh, so it's, it's like, you know, finally, I think this thing is going to catch on. Um, I think it's almost un- unstoppable. You know, I think the cat's out of the bag and it's kind of just like, you know, this is it. Like, this is kind of the future. Psychedelic therapies. And like you were saying with cannabis, there's so many like applications for psychedelics and cannabis. There's so many applications, so many things can be done. Um, so, you know, it's just like, I'm really actually super excited about what is, what's to come. And um, yeah, just like excited to kind of get get into more of a, an area where things are popping off. One of my goals for, for this show is to kind of travel around and just travel around the country, travel around the world if I can, and just meet with different people and talk about psychedelics and stuff. So, um, you know, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm really, um, I'm real into it. I'm real dedicated to it. I think one of the reasons why I'm so into it is because it's really helped me with problems in my life. 
you know, not just, mm-hmm. not just like, you know, aided me. And, you know, it's not just like I had a good time at Coachella or whatever. It's just like, I, you know, I, I, I had, uh, I have, you know, deep psychological issues and problems that nothing else has worked. And then these things have worked. Is that, is that the same kind of thing for you as well? A hundred percent. Did, would you care to share or elaborate a little bit more on, on some of those things? Or sure. You mentioned sure, OCD. Yeah. Uh, they, um, yeah, I have OCD. It's it's not. Uh, I wouldn't call it crippling anymore. It's been declassified as uh, manageable, and didn't used to be. It used to be really hard to function and think clearly and and get things done in, in a timely manner. And uh, I was diagnosed at eight, and I had. Um, I can be real with you. This is where comics and stuff. Is I had uh, an abusive stepfather, so it was a really, really violent. Uh, in my formative years and I never really recovered. And then I went a long time without having therapy. And then every time I had therapy, they just pumped me full of drugs. Mm. So I spent like age, age 16 to 27, like in a haze of cocktails of like this one works or that one works. But it's the same thing as why I think anyone does something every day. If they drink every day, if they smoke weed every day, you're, you're trying to uh, knock down these symptoms of like an underlying root problem that is so, much more serious than you realize. And uh, it wasn't until I had I had EMDR therapy, which is like a serious, uh, almost like hypnosis therapy, followed by six years of a lot of psychedelic use. And now I finally feel like I mean I can talk about shit that happened to me, horrible, horrible things, without even flinching. And to that, I, I attribute that to to the psychedelics and it's an ongoing thing. And that's the thing that I've had to reiterate to my friends the most is like, you can't just go on one mushroom trip and think you're cured. You can't just go do ayahuasca one time and think you're cured. It's an ongoing thing. And I don't want to fucking be on pills every day anymore. I'm tired of that shit. I'm tired of these weird side effects. I'm tired of this one. I can't come on this one. So you take this one, but this one makes you <laughs> cotton mouth. So you take this one. I was like, I can't deal with that shit anymore. And I'm so against pharmaceuticals. I'm like, well, until psychedelics become pharmaceuticals and then I'm on board again. But these, these are the things, these psychedelics are what have helped me acid, I would say the most. And then I do mushrooms like once a month as well. And it's, it's just phenomenal. The difference in my, as a human being who I am, I'm, no one calls me a bitch hardly anymore. And that's a big, big step for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate, you know, um, I mean, you know, it's interesting I, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but I think it's important to address. And I think it's that I talk to a lot of women who tell that say that, you know, there's um, actually another friend of mine uh, who is at Psychedelic Science, uh, Ta- Dr. Tanya Mate. Um, she, you know, was was talking about her experiences, too, growing up as a child and the kind of abuse that she experienced and, and you know, things like that. And I think this is pretty common for women. Right. And. I think mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people don't really know how common that is. And, you know, first of all, it's pretty sad and tragic. And, you know, the other thing is that it's very, very important. It's not something to be like swept under the rug. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, abusive parent or something like that. It's like, no, that's like real serious, like psychological damage and, you know, physical damage and all kinds of stuff that um, it's, it's really important. So thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's, you know, brave of you to talk about it. And, and just, I just wanted to throw that in there and say like, you know, I, I think it's, it's sometimes we don't, sometimes not everybody reveals, you know, everything about themselves. So, you know, you don't, you never know what's, what happened in someone's past, you know, and that seems common right. with, a lot, with a lot of women. Um, so that's, that's, 
that's something that needs to be improved upon. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I mean, look, hopefully the more psychedelic use that becomes mainstream, the more people can get the, get help they need. And, you know, maybe we won't have people who are as many people, at least, you know, being abusive and stuff because they'll reconcile their own demons or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, um, I was, uh, prescribed, uh, Adderall when I was like 14 or something like that. And like, if you know anything about Adderall, it's pretty much just meth. I mean, it's like, yep. it's, it's like, a, it's just meth. And, and of course, like I was just, you know, I was just like a kid that just didn't listen to my parents in school and not, not a good student and stuff like that. So I, I, you know, I immediately started crushing it up and snorting it. Cause I just was like, oh, they're getting, you know, I, I liked the effect of it. It was like, it was like crazy. It's like, oh, this is supposed to help me in school. And then I just would take it and I'd get wired and I'd be like, well, this is actually pretty like I'm getting high off this. This is like a weird feeling. I never like, you know, 14 year old boy. Like I never like felt a feeling like that before. I'm just like doing meth essentially. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, it's pretty fucked up. But then when, once you get to the real medicines, the plant medicines, the fungi, you know, LSD, that sort of stuff that heals you in a whole different way, a whole different way. Mm-hmm. What, um, but it's uh humbling. You, you have to be prepared yeah. to see the bat, the worst of yourself. And a lot of people aren't ready for that. Yeah. I was just about to ask you. Um, so right. You're right. It's, it's, it's pretty, um, you have to recognize that you need to seek help in some sort of way that maybe might not be the, the orthodox way or something. Uh, go outside and seek whatever you, and then just confront your, your demons, face them, uh, face the, the problem. I mean, cause that's, that's essentially what it is, right? I mean, like when you're taking psychedelics in terms of uh, healing and stuff, it's like, let's get to the core root of the problem. Let's show you what that shit is. And let's show you how to like negotiate with that and deal with it. That's, that's essentially what it mm-hmm. is. So yeah, you're right. So what, I mean, if, if you're willing to share, is there, is there any, thing that sticks out in your mind as being like a transformative experience to you? Uh, yeah, I would say ayahuasca was definitely transformative. That's, um, ayahuasca for the listeners, uh, who don't know is it's got DMT in it, which is the molecule that's released when you're born and when you die and you can take DMT in its purest form, which is a very intense experience. And I don't recommend that for first time drug people, but ayahuasca is like a lesser, version of that and it's very ceremonial i'm i'm definitely like i like to recycle and i love the earth and stuff but i'm not like a hippy dippy and it's it's the the ceremonies out here in in la and and surrounding area are very hippy dippy so but like putting that aside and just accepting that i think people are going to heart hug you like they hug you with the left side of their body not the right because yeah. your heart's touch or something i don't know it's like hippie shit. i got that and like, yeah. like i said this sandalwood smell in the air and stuff like that Um, but it was going under and seeing like, uh, like my grandmother was my guide and they call it the grandmother drug and, but not everyone sees their grandmother, but I happened to, but because I needed to, I needed, like she died when I was 12. So I didn't really get to know her as an adult. And I got to, she showed me all the horrible shit I had done and it was awful. And you're purging during this time. You're crying, you're puking, you're snotting. Uh, people don't usually shit their pants, but I've heard of it happening occasionally and, uh, you know, you're puking every time you saw something bad that you had done or that you'd been through, you puke and then you get all these amazing visuals. And I got to see like my mother and my grandmother, my mom's still alive, but I got to see them make up and be happy at, with each other and with me in my own head. And that was like fucking awesome. I came out of that. Like I started a web series 
you know, I hit comedy like a lot harder and I, I, I went and got a different job that paid better. And it was just like this feeling of, uh, you know, a lot of the people that were abused have this feeling of, of they have no self-worth. They feel worthless and they feel like nobody wanted them and they're not worth anything. And that's, I didn't realize that that was sitting on me so hard. And it, it took my dead grandmother coming to me in a vision to show me that I was worth fighting for and that I should fight. And that was really, really, really transformative for me. I came out of that. My, uh, my husband too came out of his session. We did it together on opposite sides of the tent. He came out of that and he started his internet celebrity character out of that because it, he like forgave himself for all his failures and, and misgivings and you know, came out of it even stronger. And he's got ADD, like I'm sure you do horrible. And they tried to put him on pills when he was younger and stuff. And he's beating himself up about how he forgets things and he gets distracted and stuff. And it really let him take ownership of that and, and ask for help from me. I have OCD it's the opposite problem. So I help him like make lists and things like that. It brought us closer together as a couple. Uh, after our second ayahuasca session, we both came out of it and decided we were going to get married. That was a couple years ago. So it definitely changed us how we see ourselves, how we see our place in the world and how we saw, uh, how we fit into each other's lives. So it was only positive and, but, but I get to relive some of that sometimes the, the horrible, horrible shit that I've done and said, and, and really just not spin it. You can't spin that shit in your head when you're on drugs. You're just like, Oh yeah, no, I did that. I said that. And I don't know. It's made me say sorry faster uh, in my normal life, if that makes sense. Not like just for bumping into someone, but like, I made you feel bad. I'm really sorry about that. I'm taking responsibility for that. And that's, I feel like that's a common thread that a lot of people uh, that take ayahuasca say. It makes you just face yourself and, and, uh, you know, face the shame that you live with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and you can't, you can't run or hide from anything because it's just, you're going to have a real nightmare of a time if you do. Mm Um, yeah, so I think it would be good. It would be good to just dose the entire population. Let's start with DC first, and then we'll, <laughs> you know, ah, uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's like who knows what would what would happen. But you have you um have you heard of anybody having like bad just bad experiences or or not really coming out with with a experience like what you've had? Because I've only heard good things to be honest. I mean, and I you know I've had a great experiences myself, but. I, and I, I, it's very rare that I hear anybody talk, uh, but are there any kind of like things maybe people should know and the, you know, if they're attending a ceremony or something or, or whatever? Um, well, if you're attending a ceremony, typically there are guidelines that are sent to you via email these days and you should follow them. Like yeah. personally following the diet, uh, that they prescribe prior will help you throw up less and in general feel better. As with anything, a plant-based diet is always suggested and and it's eating as healthy as possible. So the first time we didn't really follow it and I threw up a whole bunch. And the second time I barely threw up at all. And I, I'm pretty sure my husband didn't throw up even one time. So Did you guys go to In-N-Out before? No, we don't eat meat. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, I, was, I know in and outs the big uh, thing. Every time I go to California, it's always like, you got to go to Oh, uh, you're making a local reference. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Understood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we don't eat that stuff. Uh, we're, we have just recently gone pretty much full vegetarian. So um, we, were, we were pretty healthy anyway. We didn't eat meat. But like, we, like salt and sugar and things like that, we had been eating. Yeah. And we're eating before the first time. And it was just a whole, a whole lot of puking. But a lot of people say that, 
that intensifies the effect, makes you purge harder, makes you see more visuals. So like, it could be a good thing. Like who knows? I, I, the second time I did it, um, this Russian chick was crying so much in the tent that I had to like go outside and finish my journey, like outside under the stars, which was not a bad thing at all, especially the weather was great, but like it, it just can throw you off if you're trying to be in this womb of like everybody sharing their, their uh, energy with each other and some bitch is crying like crazy. You're just like, Oh my God, I can't even fucking handle this. So yeah. obviously she was going through it. Um, everybody goes through it to some extent, but like I took a buddy with me who, went back for seconds on the ayahuasca because he felt like he maybe hadn't had enough and he wasn't feeling as much. And then afterwards, the next morning at breakfast, we were discussing and he was like, yeah, I, I saw some things. I'm not really sure what I saw. I don't know. He's a comedian. And he, a couple weeks later, ended up moving back home to the Midwest for a while and like doing a couple projects out there. Uh, Cause he was like, I didn't realize I was depressed and I was hating stand up and I was hating my life out here. And then he came back like six months later and like pretty immediately like shit was popping off for him. He got like a writing job at like a late night place and like, uh, it, it like shit was going well and he seems to be like in a different, better place now. So, so right then he didn't feel the effects immediately, but it made him introspective and he went away for a while to process. And when he came back, he was fucking balling out of control. So like it affects everyone at a different timeline. Like for me, it was like next day I was like, I'm a fucking baller ass bitch. I can hmm. do all these things. I hit the ground running and I just, you know, I never stopped until I needed to do it again. Obviously life can knock you down again, like to everybody. Um, but for the most part, the people I've probably recommended and sent minimum of 30 people to this shaman for ayahuasca treatments. And like, it's almost unanimous that people become a better version of themselves after. Excellent. Yeah, that's what we need. We definitely need more people to be better versions of themselves, me included. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That so did you did they have like uh one of those like punch cards where you refer like for every ten you get one free or something? Like does a shaman have I that? wish. <laughs> Man, I should get some kickbacks. And yeah. my mushroom guy, all the business I've gotten him. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they so yeah, so is there like I don't know, because I've I've heard like some stories from people like in LA, like everyone there's like you know, everyone thinks they're a shaman and there's these kind of like, you know, you got to kind of, you got to, you got to be smart, right? Like a little bit, like you can't really just kind of go anywhere. Um, yeah. Ayahuasca is serious. So definitely I would recommend going to a shaman who's recommended and, um, and who doesn't do like little groups of people, but rather can do a large amount of people because that always there's more responsibility and liability with the larger amount of people. So I know a good one. I recommend her. Um, I think she's awesome, but there are several others who, who are like that, but, um, you know, take, taking the other drugs, mushroom acid, that kind of thing. That's like, I, I will take people with me on a trip, like a hiking trip or whatever. So I can guide them and watch them and be with them. But I do not claim to be a shaman. I, I would not feel comfortable dispensing like a large amount or offering therapeutical services or anything like that. I always make sure that like, I know where the nearest hospital is and that we have water and we don't, you know, venture too far into the forest and that I don't take, you know, a dose where I'm not comfortable guiding other people. But that's yeah. one of the benefits of OCD. The very few benefits is that I'm always in control. Even if I'm tripping out, I always know 
what's going on. I always know who's missing in the group and stuff. So in that regard, people, I mean, a lot of people refer to me as a shaman, but I, I don't take that title. I, that's, I'm not a shaman. Don't, don't call me that. Um, if you want to do like the easier stuff with me, I'll do that. But if you want, if you want, you want ayahuasca or DMT, even I'll recommend Shane Moss or someone to that extent to go do the DMT experience. Like I will always pass it along. And I, I just hope that more people do that because that's a big responsibility and it can really fuck you up if you have a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, that that's just so awesome to hear because I think there's so many misconceptions with people of our ilk, you know, like it's like, ah, oh, you're mm-hmm. just a bunch of stupid hippies that just want to get blasted out of your gourd. It's like, well, yeah, partially true, but we're also responsible people who are educated and trying to mean well, do good for the earth, do good for other people. You know, it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I think like, um, to, to hear that, you know, cause it's like, mm-hmm. it just gives, it gives like a, level of professionalism cannabis pro so there you go um yep and that was a rhyme too there you go <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah let's get let's jump back into we uh to cannabis <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about uh some some quick quick hitter cannabis topics uh, i'll just ask a few questions and then you can kind of answer them and then we'll wrap this puppy up what uh? So one of the things I think that people don't know about, a lot of people don't know about, and even people that smoke a lot of cannabis is that we have something in our body called endocannabinoid system. It's a it's a system yep. in our body. So what is that? And and yeah, kind of explain that. Uh, the endocannabinoid system. It's like any other system in your body. It's it's uh, a way for your body to process cannabinoids as they enter your system. And we have receptors, CB1 receptors, CB2 receptors. Some bond better with THC, some with CBD. Um, THC is the part of the plant that is not uh, is psychoactive and CBD is the part that is non-psychoactive. So they play well with each other. Um, and then, you know, if you take too much THC, CBD will also help calm you down. But um, we absorb cannabis in different ways. There's the circulatory system. So that's, uh, you know, smoking and that, uh, That'll go into your bloodstream pretty quickly. And then there's topically and um, orally, and you know you could also do non-orally too. And that goes in directly into your bloodstream and it is processed by your liver um, in, the, in, the, in the endocrine system in general absorbs differently depending on how you take in the cannabis. So I feel like I'm not making sense. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm following along. I mean, it's, it's t- t- like I've, I've done a little bit of reading on this, but it seems like that we've kind of evolved to, to be smoking cannabis, to, because to, we have these receptors in our body, and they, yes. and they, they're, they're there for a, a reason and a purpose. And it seems like we've kind of yes. like co-evolved to, to have this sort of uh, interaction in our, in our body. So it's like it's there, it's waiting for us. It has benefits, and we're, we're now. F- accessing them more. Yes. And we're supposed to be doing it. Like everyone's body is wired differently, obviously. So that's what, uh, where, where it coincides with how many edibles you can stand and how much smoke you can actually do. Like my husband is a, is a, a two hit queer or what do we call it? Two beer queer, two hit <laughs> queer. Like he, he can take two hits on a joint and be stupid high. And I need like 20 because yeah. the, endocannabinoid system inside of me reacts differently bonds differently and i either have more or less receptors they're they're working on that kind of technology to figure out you know where they are what kind of what kind of blood type are you what kind of receptors do you have in your body that hopefully that'll come soon yeah but um well he definitely saves saves more money i guess right 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. And and he's he's cheap. He's a cheap date. But huh. uh, smoking, I can take a lot. Eating, I cannot. I can do ten milligrams maximum. Um, and that's because my liver processes cannabinoids differently than uh, than other people's. Like my husband can do twenty to twenty five milligrams. I can do ten, and that's my maximum. I don't even prefer to do ten. That's that's the most I'll, I will do. So everyone's body is different. It has nothing to do with being a pussy. Or, or nor can you necessarily build up a tolerance if you're not wired that way in your endocrine system. So it's, uh, it's super, super scientific uh, how our body absorbs cannabis. But the baseline, like the, everyone agrees in the industry, it's like, yeah, everyone was born with these receptors. Everyone is, is uh, not, if not supposed to, is ready to accept cannabis into their body. It's not a foreign agent. Right. So okay, and you mentioned terpenes before, uh, cannabis terpenes, right? Uh, what what uh, what exactly are those? Terpenes are organic compounds that are in all like vegetation. So the same terpene that is going to be found in some cannabis plants, are, they're going to be found in many different things. Like take for instance, mangoes. Mangoes have myrcene in them. So when you eat them, you feel sleepy. And uh, if you eat them before smoking cannabis, it intensifies the effects, by the way, especially if you smoke an indica. And in indica plants, what makes you tired is myrcene. Like they're t- if we go back a little bit, they're, they're calling cannabis sativa or indica. And a lot of growers will, will say that they prefer that you just talk about their physical qualities. Indicas are uh, squat and dense and are like darker in color. And sativas grow lo- into long stalks and are more flowery and lighter colored. And um, they're saying that if, if a cannabis plant has 50% uh, myrcene or more, that's considered an indica. And if it has 50% limonene or more, that's considered a sativa. But mm. that's like really that's a really broad thing because there's a whole mess of terpenes in every cannabis plant and they're just generalizing it. Technically everything's a hybrid, um, but to make it more palatable and, and to honestly for corporations to capitalize on selling these things and naming them different things and calling them sativa versus indica, that's what they do. Really what you should do is you should follow your nose and understand the terpenes, the effects that they have on your body. I have asthma. Pinene is a great terpene for someone who has asthma. It's found in and pine cones, and that's what, that's why sometimes these plants will smell like a, a pine forest. Uh, it's an it's a bronchodilator. It opens up the bronchioles in your lungs. It'll make you cough a little bit, and it'll actually help your asthma. Limonene smells like citrus, so if you smell a plant that smells more citrusy, it's going to give you some focus and creativity, and it also might give you paranoia. Like I said, indica, myrcene, there's myrcene in hops, which is why sometimes weed smells like beer. Mm. That's usually a dank ass indica that's going to make you sleepy afterwards. So terpenes are in everything, not just cannabis. And it's, that is where the future of cannabis uh, classification is moving towards is they're going to start classifying these plants by their terpene profiles, as opposed to indica versus sativa versus hybrid. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's really cool because like you were saying, there's different there's different uh uses like if you have asthma or stuff like that so that's like you're gonna know exactly what you need there's not gonna be any like guessing anymore really right yep that's pretty awesome yeah i'm sitting here with my new york uh bottle of of ghost og let's see what it says here (laughs) it says hybrid 50 50 sativa dominant uses joint muscle pain stress anxiety ptsd depression glaucoma thc 25.5% CBD 0.25, triangle, Kush, phenomene, and then what? let's see what else it says here. It says 
one of the purest Kush strains. All right, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but you you get the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, the it, it makes it more fun too. I mean, it's just like to to know about all this stuff. I mean, when I was a kid, it was like buying a a gram, and like it was just it was just weed. It was just like, can I get a gram of weed? And it makes me feel a little bit better about life. Like, and, but now it's like we're actually drilling into it and it's just like opening up a whole new thing. So that's where you think the future is. That's where you think it's going. It's, it's going to be labeled uh, according to the, terp- uh, the um, uh, terpenes. Terpene profile. Yeah, the terpene yeah. profile. And that's not just me. That's, that's a pretty much industry-wide belief that that's happening they're just working out how exactly to do that because testing weed is it can be very difficult especially pre-extraction after extraction what did you add to it a lot of people argue that extracting whole plant is the best way to go and a lot of people say oh we want to strip it and take what we don't want out and add what we do want in and so many people are against that and um it's a it's a weird line to tread either way you you never know necessarily what you're putting in your body because until the FDA gets involved and we have these like big time regulations they could tell you it's white widow or it's girl scout cookies and you just got to believe it unless you you know you got a microscope and and can test it yourself you really just don't know what's going on in your body and it's kind of scary yeah yeah it's my body my choice okay so <laughs> we got to we got to lobby these feds and get them on our side um, all right. Well, Adrian, this has been an awesome conversation. We're about to go. I have just a couple more things. One of the things I want to know is what's like the coolest cannabis related thing that you've seen recently or psychedelic related thing, either or. Um, thing like product or event? I don't know. Or? Just something that kind of like blew your mind or whatever. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily um, grilling you with, with any hard questions here, but just I don't know, something cool to share and, uh, some that you were like, whoa, that's that's awesome. If you can, if you can remember, um, my mind's blown pretty regularly by <laughs> by everything out here. But uh, I would say probably, probably the um, there's this device called the the Levo. Uh, it's an oil maker. You can make your own uh, extraction for cooking at home, and it's like super high quality. It uses no uh, solvents or anything. So it's like the cleanest way to extract. So you literally take your plants, put them in there, make your own extraction, cook with it. And, and I mean, you can cook with it or you can vape it or do whatever you want with it. And then you have like complete control over how it goes into your body and, and how it was extracted, which is a pretty big deal. I think the, the Luvo, Le- Levo, L-E-V-O. Oh, Levo. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for being on, on the show. And, um, I guess tell people where they can go and find you and any events that you have uh, upcoming. Uh, they can find me on Twitter as Cradrian. It's C-R-A-Y-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. I try to tweet a couple times a week. It's pretty, uh, pretty disappointing uh, Twitter happenings right now just because the world, you know, just fucking sucks. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know when this is going to air, but you, I'll usually post my shows on there. If you're local to Los Angeles and you want to see me perform comedy, that's what I'm doing, and I'll post about them. Awesome. Well, Adrian Earhart, thank you so much for being on the show. Comedian, writer, cannabis pro, all-around awesome chick, psychedelic enthusiast, psychonaut. Uh, you are the future of the community of drugs in America, and together we're going to make it all happen. So thank you very much for being on. Oh, yeah, buddy. Thank you. Thanks.
You know what to do if you love this show. Share it, like it, spread it with your friends. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. Or you could go on iTunes and leave me a nice five-star rating and review. Whatever you do, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. Peace. Peace.